Hey folks, welcome back. Happy New Year. Kind of a little bit late for Happy New Year on January 11th, but regardless, we have not been around very much, but we're very excited to bring you Season 7, Episode 11 of the Chicago Ringcast, brought to you by TheRing.com. My name's Andy Campbell. Uh, My buddies are back. Everyone's here. Everyone's finally healthy. We haven't had a podcast in about three weeks, but now everyone's feeling good. Uh, We been on the IR just like the Hawks have been not feeling good not looking too good um except Sean who always looks good um and so we're here to talk some Blackhawk hockey and some other stuff with me are the usual suspects Sean Fitzgerald with your classic rink hat tonight the classic rink hat yep classic rink hat that I know what what prompted that just kind of new year new Sean we're back new year I'm doing hat a day on my Instagram it's hat private but if you want to follow me I've worn a different hat every day for 11 days this year I'm going to try to do all 365 days and take a photo with myself wearing the hat so today in honor of the rink and the rink cast I decided to go with mm-hmm. the classic rink and there will be a photo and then I will post, um, I don't know, one second a day to my Twitter uh, every month with all the hats. So, sweet, sweet. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds that's good. That's my New Year's resolution. Yeah, that sounds good. And the Bardo's here with us. The Bardo's looking forward to some Chiefs action in the playoffs, as well as following the NHL. Happy New Year, Bardo. How you been, buddy? Happy New Year. Doing much better than I was last month when COVID oh. just ransacked my entire house. COVID went through the rink. Like yeah. Crazy. It was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, and our our editor, our content editor, our director of content, and the number one nemesis right now of Minnesota Wild fans worldwide, uh, Eric Andrews. What's up, buddy? How you doing, bud? Not too much. Just uh, yeah, been been having plenty of fun with the uh, Minnesota Wild fan base of late, and uh, that's always a joy. Um, Sean, you will have to dig out one extra hat because it is a leap year, so that you'll need 366 this year. Oh, don't worry. I think I got it covered. Got you, Sean. Okay. He got you. He was dialed in there. He was dialed. I think I got you covered. Maybe I'll even wear a Minnesota North Stars hat on the day Brock Faber doesn't win the call there. Oh, well, let's get right into that. So Connor Bedard's yeah. timeline, folks. As we all know, Blackhawks are in misery right now because their star and and one of the reasons so many people have been tuning into the Chicago Blackhawks this year, Connor Bedard, the best rookie in the NHL right now. I don't think there's any debate about that. Can you repeat well, that, please? There is a debate. <laughs> there no, is a debate. Best rookie in, in in the NHL. Just repeat it. Yeah, best rookie. But in his, the NHL. But his time, his TOI is not as high as Brock Favors. So. Nope, nope. His plus minus isn't great. So there is a certain fan base right now that uh, that that hails from a northern state. Uh, you know, that is that is pushing their candidate towards the Calder and, and probably had quite a few laughs when Connor Bedard got hurt, which is really unfortunate that, that there were those people that didn't, you know, that were not, you know, they were thinking about, they weren't recognizing that this is a real injury. Connor Bedard, it was announced yesterday, is going to be out for six to eight weeks with a broken jaw. If the Blackhawks are lucky, if he heals fast, uh, he could still be back by the end of February and still could should be a legitimate Calder candidate, even with only if he only plays 60, 65 games. But the Calder race has taken on this whole different light because of one fan base that is pushing Brock Faber. Brock Faber, terrific hockey player. He's everything the Wild hoped they would be. But there seems to be this consensus that the hardware should be his. And this was the thought of certain fans while Bedard was healthy which was wacky. Eric, no one finds this as wacky as you do. Try to talk about this without getting revved up as hard as it will be for all of us, but this is, <laughs> this has been really silly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tell me more. It has been, it, it certainly has been. Um, yeah, I, I will try not to get too wound up. I mean, I know that might be hard for some people to believe, but yeah, I mean, some of you, I'm sure, have seen some exchanges on Twitter and have come across some wild fans and stuff. And, um, you know, let me start out. And, you know, you you mentioned it too, Andy. Brock Faber has had a very, very good season. He is a very solid player. He very likely will have an extremely good career as a pretty well-rounded 
shutdown type of defenseman. That's great. If I was a Wild fan, I'd be thrilled about that. You should be thrilled about it. That's awesome. I'd love to have him on the Blackhawks. Great player. Does that mean that he deserves to win the Calder Trophy? No. Does that take anything away from him? No. Nope. If it was a, you know, quote unquote, an average year for rookies, meaning there isn't a generational superstar type of rookie like Connor Bedard, would Faber then be in the conversation? Sure. You know, he'd probably be a, a slam dunk finalist in a normal year, um, you know, and, and would warrant some legitimate consideration to win the award. But this is not one of those years. And even though Bedard is now hurt, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. I mean, yes, he'll probably end up missing around 20 games. And will that kind of turn it into a conversation at least? Sure. If he was not hurt and played 82 games, there is no conversation. Right. Period. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the fact that there's endless vitriol on Twitter about it and people pointing to, oh, he's playing 25 minutes a night. And, you know, well, he can even play upwards of 30 minutes a night. And, you know, he isn't, you know, he doesn't have a terrible plus minus and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, that's fine and dandy. And, you know, oh, Dom Lissishin had some article saying how his impact on the game is the best for all rookies. And that's probably one of my favorite arguments because people conveniently forget that Dom wrote a follow-up article saying that Bedard's metrics broke that model because of how extreme his usage and impact on the game has had. So he literally said, like, Bedard's numbers aren't accurate in this model because he's been too good to right. compute in this model. Sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's funny. It's, I think it's a lot of Minnesota Wild fans just, you know, tired of being mediocre and not having anything good going for them. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Faber has, has been extremely good this year. And Brennan, I don't, I don't want to hear it right now from, from Mr. Brennan there, but no, we, we love Brennan. Uh, shout out to the ring Colorado. If you guys don't follow Hi, along with what they do, check we'll out give you the some ring Colorado. Brennan. The ring Colorado does an awesome job, but yeah, I mean, back to the whole favor thing. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of just laughable, honestly. I mean, again, he's a great player. He's had a great season, but that does not just, inherently mean he deserves to win the Calder, especially in a year like this. No, I mean, and I don't like the thing that that's, it is such a good year for rookies. It's insane. I mean, there are so many good rookies, uh, you know, Fantilli, Luke Hughes, Rossi, another guy, you know, uh, Evangelista in Nashville is having a hell of a year, you know, but, but what's so funny is that like these Minnesota, the, the Brock Faber supporters, they talk about his ice time. That's, and it is unbelievable. I mean, there's no rookie that is going to play that amount, excuse me, that amount. I mean, Luke Hughes is still playing 20 minutes a night, you know, but they, they keep pointing to plus minus. Okay. So then why, why isn't there this giant push for Connor Zary in Calgary, who's a center and he's plus 13 and um, you know, is, is still, you know, he's got, you know, he's got nine goals and he's got 21 points and he's on a really mid-range hockey team. Why aren't we talking about Connor's area? Nobody's talking about him. You know, and it's just like Connor Bedard is still nine points ahead in the rookie scoring race. He could come back and only be like five points behind. Like, I mean, it could it could even be that close. And if he's anywhere from five to ten points behind, he'll make up that ground. And the bottom line, folks, is that offense is selling hockey right now. It just is. And I mean, I, we don't make the rules about, you know, if there should be a shutdown defenseman, you know, that should be considered for, for the Calder. I mean, where, where are you in this, Shawnee? Um, yeah, I agree with Eric and um, <clears throat> Gate shared with us, uh, I think it was Puck Soup or uh, it was, um, and they had basically said that in any, uh, it, this isn't like a Barrett Jackman year where Barrett Jackman is the only one to win the Calder trophy. Uh, Connor Bedard clearly is head and shoulders better than everybody. He's lived up to the hype and exceeded it. Um, Vegas, who, if they didn't get things right like this, they wouldn't have the lights on as long as they had. They have Connor Bedard as minus 150 as of today. Right. Luke Hughes plus 400. Brock Favor plus 550. So clearly the betters and all the sharks think that Bedard's going to win the Calder Trophy. I. 
I understand liking your guy. I get defending your guy. But, like, at some point you have to be like, okay, Eric's got into arguments with guys where they've changed their argument. Like, well, no, we just want him to get recognition. He's getting recognition. Nobody's saying he's not a good player. He's really good. He's really good. He's going to be really good. And he has to play he has to play that many minutes tonight because Minnesota's not very good. And that's yeah. fine. But and they have a ton of injuries too. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Eric, I, to your point, that, that that team is so mid and they're just stuck right there that they're like, they we got fi- didn't they fire their coach already this year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everson was fired early in the year. I mean, it wasn't so, one other I, thing too that I like your point, Andy, about how right or wrong. It's just the reality of a lot of these awards lean more toward the offense instead of the defense or well-rounded aspect of a game. I mean, you look at the Norris Trophy, that's another perfect example of an award that follows that trend. You know, I mean, is Eric Carlson the best defenseman? No, of course not. If you're looking at the best defenseman, you're probably talking somebody like my guy, Jacob Slavin. Is he ever going to win a Norris? No, of course not. Seth Jones. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, oh, sorry, we, Seth Orr. I, apologize. We, I mean, if you look at the three finalists for Norris Trophy last year, it was all scoring defensemen, and it, it was it was Makar, it was uh, Adam Fox, <laughs> Adam Fox, and then it was Carlson, and Carlson won, and it was all based on offensive production. Now, Makar, obviously, best two way defenseman in the game. I mean, you can make that argument, but he he was nominated with a sixty game season. And he had 66 points or something like that. But I mean, like, if plus minus mattered, Hampus Lindholm was plus 49, was probably the best defensive defenseman in the NHL last season. He's not this year. But then there's there's no conversation about that. Go ahead, Bardo. No, the other thing we also hear about with all of these awards is reputation. Like, a lot of guys win awards sometimes on the years where they don't have their best statistical year. It's a lot, a lot of it is built on reputation. So, Bedard came in with a reputation as being, you know, so overhyped generational player. And, you know, the Hockey Writers Association, they're the ones that are saying that right now that he's exceeded expectations. So, what does that tell you? Okay, he's taking a break for an injury for, for 20 games or whatever it is, and he's going to come back, most likely pick up where he left off, and, you know, they're going to vote for him. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. And he's, if he didn't exceed expectations, then, yeah, I mean, then all of a sudden Faber and, and other guys are all going to, you know, bubble up to the top. But, yeah, I mean, this this is like basically a guy who's come in with ridiculous expectations. and We've all heard the stories about him, you know, being hyped since he was 12, 13 years old. And it's just like ridiculous. He's playing with AHL guys right now. And he's he was playing, literally he's playing, playing with AHL guys. Like Joey well, Anderson is a fringe NHL player. Last Tuesday, last night or Tuesday night, he was on the top line for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Like that's the talent level he's playing with. Yeah, Brock I mean, Taylor I don't. At least has NHL players. Yeah, I mean, I don't. He, you know, he's he's ten points higher than the next scorer, which is Philip Kershaw. I mean, it's just the other thing and what cannot be ignored, I don't think, is that I, I think factoring in the fact that he's 18 and these other guys we're talking about are 21 and 22. Yeah, exactly. so there, there is an enormous difference between an 18 year old and a 21 year old in terms of physical and mental development. We're not he talking about a 43 year old and 46 year old. And he just turned 18 at the start of the season. This is an 18 in 10 months. You know, Yeah, he's he's going to he was the youngest player ever voted to the All-Star game in the history of the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I think Eric, to your point, and and Sean, you mentioned this too. I I think this is, I think this is something where where folks did not want their rookies ignored because they knew that the best rookie in the NHL was going to be the only thing that's talked about, and so that's where we're going. The awards don't make sense; they don't. I mean, I don't like look somewhere along the line. I mean, look at the Selkie Trophy. Somewhere along the line, someone said faceoff percentage has to count for this. So you have an award that's called best defensive forward that is guaranteed to be to a center every year. I mean, mm-hmm. the last the last winger that won the award was Yuri Letnin. Letnin open up the door and Letnin in uh, <laughs> in two thousand three, <laughs> and uh, and since then it's been all centers. And I mean, you know, obviously one of our most beloved players was never going to be considered for it, even though he was one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. Yeah, Marion, we miss you and love you. Um, but so the award, the criteria for the awards don't make sense, and they're going to lean offense every single time. If there's an eighteen year old no matter how many games he plays that is near the top in scoring of the NHL or still wins the, the, the rookie scoring race, mm-hmm. it's done. 
Stop. Well, and two, another thing, I saw something, um, I forget who tweeted it out, but it was something about, like, again, it, it goes with, you know, offensive production and, and shot generation and stuff like that. But um, with Connor Bedard on the ice, the Blackhawks are roughly an average team in the league in whatever those, like, six categories were that this person was posting about. Without him on the ice, they were – 32nd in the league in every single one of those categories. Right. Yeah. And they were in the teens on everything else. Yeah. So if, yeah. if you know, you have all these wild fans stuff. saying, well, Faber, you know, makes the biggest impact out of any rookie. Well, first of all, I don't know. You know, I mean, impact is really not a measurable thing, right. despite what, you know, whatever model Dom wants to come up with to try to measure that. But even if you're going to argue that, and I'm not saying that Faber is an impactful, he is. But again, I mean, you look at, at that, you know, the offensive chance generation metrics and everything. I mean, just right there alone, it's like, okay, well, I, I would take that to mean that Connor Bedard is fairly impactful. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't, if you, if you pulled 32 NHL GMs and 32 NHL coaches and you said you can have one rookie in the class of 23, 24 on your team, they all pick one name. And I'm sorry, the Minnesota GM and coach would not say Brock Faber. And if they do, congratulations. You know, that's that's cute. I'll be and joining then, Dean Evison on the unemployment line. Right, exactly. That that's cute and appreciate your loyalty, but there's not a soul out there that wouldn't say Connor Bedard is the one out of all those that I want on my team. One other one other thing it's I want to because of projectability, it's because it's there. Sorry, True. go ahead. No, one other thing I wanted to throw in with this conversation too is I so badly wish that Alex Vlasic was eligible for the Calder. Yeah. He had played one too many games prior to this season to be eligible. Um, but, I mean, if you look at his metrics and everything, too, they're very comparable to Faber's. And yeah. you've – I mean, I've literally even seen Wild fans saying, oh, Faber is a top 15 defenseman in the league. He has been so good this year that he should even, you know, be in the Norris conversation and yep. stuff. No, how how many people are you seeing say that about Alex Vlasic? They're very comparable players. No one is dumb enough to say Alex Vlasic should be in the Norris conversation. They're both great players. They've had good seasons, but like it all comes back to being realistic. And you know, like we've said, you know, yes, these people want Faber to be getting recognized and stuff, but being recognized and you know, getting attention is different from being deserving of these awards. It's completely different. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I don't, it, it's, I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, yeah, Eric, next time someone says, oh, you just wish you had Brock Faber, Faber, just be like, well, we do. His name's Alex Vlasic. <laughs> yeah. We, we, well, we've got him. We've got him. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is there. So anyway, Minnesota fans, good luck to you um, on your quest and uh, whatever teen first round pick you get i hope he's as good a stay-at-home defenseman as you need um moving forward and and i wish i really hope that brock favor plays the whole season so that bedard can still beat him for the calder despite having only played three quarters of the season that'd be awesome yeah. now like we said i mean minneapolis that there might be some <laughs> I, I believe puck soup said there was a northern hit squad will come and get you if you suggest otherwise that Brock Faber doesn't win the Calder. So we better be, uh, better be aware of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, good luck, Brock. You know, I know he got upset the other night. So yeah. he's minus minus two the other night. Don't tell anyone in Minnesota since that's the stat that's really going to make the difference here. Plus minus is going down. Yeah. So brutal. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Kevin Thomas, I agree with you 100%. Yep. That's a really good opinion. I mean, uh, and, and look at what happened to the team when Hosa retired. They were best in the West, had a first-round exit, and they were never the same after that. And then he retires. They were never the same. Nope. Never they the couldn't same. replace it. They no. tried to. Tried to bring mini Hosa, Brandon Sada, and couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the World Juniors a little bit here. You know, we really haven't touched base too much on that, but the Hawks had four prospects. The USA, obviously, a really convincing Win Bardo, did you enjoy the World Junior Tournament as much as I did? And what were some of your takeaways, not only from the Hawks prospects, but Team USA, or even some other prospects that you watched where you're like, God, these kids are good. 
Yeah, I did. I, I actually, you know, I watched a decent amount of it. I would say about half of it because um, yeah. I was away. But, I, you know, I came away, you know, feeling good about, you know, how the Blackhawks prospects did for sure. Uh, I mean, Nazar started off, or however you pronounce it, Nazar. He was, um, he was very good uh, most of the way. Um, you know, I think he got a little bit quiet towards the end. Oliver Moore was, was very good. Um, what's his name? Uh, Adam uh, uh, Gajan. Well, Guyan, yeah. Guyan, I don't know how you pronounce it. So yeah. I, just, well, I just pulled a Sean, sorry. It, yeah, I know. Um, I was going to say, come on, that's my yeah. thing. That's your job, yeah, I know. No, he, he was really good. Um, yeah, he's I, special. Yeah, I, I thought um, I thought his team made a mistake benching him that one yep. game. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, I didn't like that move. Um, no. I thought it kind of took a little bit away from him. Um, but, you know, I would have just played him out. Um, but also, uh, as far as a disappointment goes, shout out to my UMass guy, Michael uh, Harable. Yeah. He was terrible. Yeah, oh, he didn't he have a good tournament. Brutal. Yeah, he Eric, you bad. mentioned it. You said, man, we got the right one. We got the right yeah. one draft. So, um, definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I thought Sam Renzel looked really good. But again, yeah, solid. Yeah, you know, it goes back to the point where I made, you know, I've made a couple of times on this podcast is that, you know, seeing these guys mature and actually develop is so good to see. Yeah. You know, it's like Renzel looked lost in, in like, you know, when, when we seen him in, in high school and, and previously wasn't right. I mean, he's a kid, but I mean, we're actually right. seeing progression, which is great. Right. So, yeah. Like Renzel, uh, folks, a uh, freshman at University of Minnesota right now, yeah. 19, turned 19 in June. He's a Blackhawks, uh, 25th overall pick uh, in the first round of the 2022 draft. Odds mm-hmm. are, though, folks, you're not going to see him for a while. Uh, he will definitely go back to Minnesota for a sophomore year, if not a junior year. Um, Oliver Moore had limited minutes. Yeah. It looked like, you know, I, he kind of had some mop up duty. Anyone know why? I never really know. I mean, obviously the team was stacked. I think that's exactly why I think he was stacked. And I think they wanted to give him sort of like a taste. And I think yeah. you'll see him next year, get more playing time. But I, th- I thought actually he maximized the, the time that he had. I thought he played yeah, well he, in his limited minutes. And I think he proved that he's going to have a, I would say probably a top six spot. I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about yeah. who's coming back, who's not, but I would say he's got a good shot at being a top six, maybe at worst a middle six guy next year. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's 19 later this month, so he's going to be world junior eligible. He will definitely be on that team yeah. next year. Absolutely. Um, you know, which is just great, which is super mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, Eric is in terms of Frank, uh, Nazar or Nazar, uh, depending on the how we choose yeah, to pronounce it, and whatever I say it as, and whatever Sean says, terrific playmaking ability. I think that it really whet the appetite for a lot of Blackhawk fans about his future. I guess the big question is right now: he missed the majority of his freshman year last year at the University of Michigan because because he tore his ACL. Uh, he came back pretty strong. He's had a great season this season. Is this a guy they try to sign uh, when the Michigan season ends? He will be Rockford eligible by age, I believe, next fall. So he could play in Rockford next fall, or is it in his best interest to go back to Ann Arbor for another year and finish out another year? How do you see that playing out? Yeah, I mean, first of all, this does not apply just to him. This applies to all of the Blackhawks prospects and everybody in this tournament. It's important to understand that this is just kind of a measuring stick type of event against guys within their same age group and age range. Yep. So just because one guy looks amazing doesn't mean he's going to be the superstar guy next right. year. Um, you know, so people need to keep that in mind. You know, you see a lot of people kind of overreacting to the world juniors, putting too much stock into how guys perform positively or negatively. So, um, you know, just keep that in mind. I mean, yes, if you have a performance like Bedard did last year, probably a good indicator he'll be pretty pretty darn good Mm -hmm. but you know even let's talk about Nazer how we were you know yeah he had I think it was what eight primary assists throughout the tournament and yeah that's really encouraging does that mean he's going to be Joe Thornton no (laughs) you know um but yeah I mean his his playmaking was extremely evident I mean you could just see how effective he was setting up his line mates throughout the entire course of the tournament. Um, And, you know, kind of touching on uh, one thing you mentioned earlier about Moore starting out as the 13th forward, kind of how the U S roster was built heading into the tournament was you kind of had these 
almost like predetermined lines of guys who had played together before. So you yep. had like the Boston College line, and then you had kind of like the um, like the the Michigan Michigan State line, you know, with with right. Nazer and Brindley and Isaac Howard, you know. So it's it's kind of like they had these predetermined groups, uh, you know, playing together. So I think that's kind of why Moore was on the outside looking in. Yeah. But then, you know, Gavin Hayes had his little incident and, uh, you know, he, unfortunately he was not overly noticeable throughout the tournament. A lot of that was, he just didn't play that much. That's okay. Um, well, he, I think he's brought his projectability is a bottom six. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's fine. Which is fine. He just got traded too, didn't he? <clears throat> he's got he traded. Did, yeah. Two Greyhounds. Is that where he's off to now? Yeah. Um, Eric shared that in our ring chat and kind of scared the crap out of me. I was like, you got traded. What? (laughs) Sorry, 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 sorry. Not like that. Mental nap. Mental nap. We're talking about the World Juniors. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Um, No, no, no. Back to to Nazer turning pro. I mean, I've seen a lot of Hawks fans, you know, jumping on the bandwagon of, you know, get him to the UC as soon as Michigan's season is over and all that. Why? What, like, why do we to play with this group? Yeah, well, that too. But I mean, it, you know, Davidson has been so clear about doing this the right way, doing a slow build, not rushing guys, making sure they develop, making sure they're ready. Why would they throw Nazer into the NHL this spring? No, I they, mean, that I mean, makes no sense. I mean, I, 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 I do understand fans' impatience, though. I mean, it's been been a rocky ride for a few years so i understand the kind of okay let's yeah but still you know i i do think with him it it does it does matter that he missed the majority of last season you know that's a year pretty much of his development that he missed out on yeah yeah you know 13 games that was it i mean i i yeah i think he goes back to michigan i mean i don't know maybe maybe they try to sign him and they do put him in rockford but i don't think nothing wrong with him going back to michigan and trying to dominate Absolutely. I mean, if he, you know, I, I think ultimately that decision comes down to, do they feel it, it, it's almost kind of like a Kevin Korczynski situation, you know, mm-hmm. is he ready for this step? Maybe not, but is going back, you know, just kind of be a waste of time. I think that's where the decision comes in with Nazer. You know, is he still going to get something out of playing at Michigan next year versus, would it be a waste of time? And maybe he's not quite ready for Rockford, but maybe that's the better route. So I think that's kind of the decision that they'll be looking at, you know, this, this spring or this summer, this fall, whatever it might be. Yeah. But Rockford wouldn't shock me. I don't know. No, wouldn't either. Yeah. No, that's fine. Should be in Chicago though. No, I don't think. No, no, no. Yeah. No, you can't have, you can't have no goals and seven primary assists playing against kid, your kids, your age. And then all of a sudden (laughs) you're, you're on the top line with Connor Bedard. We also have to remember there's there's also an entire there's also an entire spring of you know college hockey to be played you know including yeah. the tournament so if he starts right. to have a great second half and dominates and you know puts himself in the Hobie conversation or maybe is you know um, leading his team in the in in tournament those are going to be factors for him to and the yeah. team to consider whether or not he leaves so we only have yeah. a half a season sample size right now. Well, and, 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 If other guys leave Michigan, like let's say other guys leave Michigan and his role changes or he gets more minutes or he moves up because I don't think he's playing on the, is he playing on the top line? No, I mean, he's a, he's a point, he's a point per game player. He's 18 points, 18 games. I mean, that's not overwhelming. Right. So that doesn't doesn't put him in the top. I don't even think in the top 10 of NCAA scoring. So I mean, he still has, he has a lot to refine and a lot to do. I mean, they, they have a very deep team as it is. I mean, you look at the, the U S world junior roster, they have Gavin Brindley, they have Rucker McGordy. I mean, those are, you know, I mean, those are two very good players right there as it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not even like he's the guy at Michigan because he's not. No. Yeah. So I agree with Eric. The other two. Way yeah. up there, yeah. Regardy and uh, Gavin Brindley. Well, there is. There's also, you know, there's there's another player on that World Junior team that has been in the NHL news uh, this week for some very interesting reasons. Cutter uh, Gauthier, draft pick of the Philadelphia Flyers. I think it was he fourth overall. Eric, fifth. is that right? Fifth overall in the 2022 
draft played uh, plays at Boston College was lights out Boston Boston College last year didn't sign with the Flyers returned for his sophomore season was fabulous in the World Junior Tournament and now it was two days ago was traded to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks for Philadelphia. Uh, Drysdale, right? Jim Drysdale. Drysdale. Yeah. Anaheim Ducks for Drysdale and a second round pick. I actually think Philadelphia got a really nice return. They did. Because that, yeah. that second round pick is going to be a pretty high pick because Anaheim mm-hmm. is not doing, they're not where they're going to be at a few years from now. And Drysdale's 21. If he stays healthy, that's, that's his big cool. thing is injuries. So yeah. he's. Yeah, but he's, he's 21. He had a really good game last night in his Philadelphia debut. He had an assist and was awesome. But what is going on here? I mean, this is really weird. Um, Kevin Hayes has been brought into it by some blogger from Philadelphia who has decided to just, what it sounds like, make something up. Or a buddy of his told him Kevin Hayes was involved and he's just believing all of it. I don't know if any of you heard uh, John Tortorella's interview last night. I thought it was terrific. Mm -hmm. While he's always good for a soundbite, some nights you're like, wow, he's just really bitter and just don't mess with torts tonight. You don't know what direction this is going to go in. Um, he was spot on. Um, Sean, did you hear that last night? What Tortorella said? I didn't actually. No, I missed what Tortorella said. Well, so Tor- uh, he, he got up to the mic and he just said, Excuse me, it, is the guy who's in here, is the guy in here who said that about Kevin Hayes? And the what's his name, Stanley something? I don't know. Um, doesn't some, matter. Random Stanley Brett. Goodspeed, like yeah, Stanley, Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen The Rock, folks. Uh, 1996, great movie. Um, and he's, and the, the guy just owned it. He's like, yeah, right here. And, and, and Torts was just kind of like, what is your problem? Like, what does it matter? Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you do that? And, and what I like what Torch said about it too, is the one thing he said was, look, yeah, Kevin Hayes and I had a disagreement about something, but he's a good man. Like he's a really good man. And he's basically like solidified that. He and Kevin Hayes are fine with each other. Like there's nothing going and and you know, to all you bloggers out there and, and all you people that you know want to become famous for trying to be in the know first and, and trying to get the news out there before anybody else, you can really do a lot of harm. Kevin we've Hayes seen, Yeah, we've seen ahead, it here. John. We've seen it here with the story with Corey Perry. Yeah. Like everybody making those salacious rumors about I'm not ridiculous. even gonna dignify it again, but yeah. Yeah. It's just, but I, I mean, don't get... the things that people are DMing and writing to Kevin Hayes right now. It's awful. It's, it's just, just disgusting. Yeah. And a guy who's been through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Lost yeah. his brother. Yeah. He lost, lost his brother. He's of, and he's a hell of a hockey player. And it sounds like he's a great dude. And, you know, he's just, I mean, he just one day wakes up and goes, what, what I do? Like, what is yeah, going yeah. on? He didn't sign with the Blackhawks how many years ago? And people were trying to connect that dot. Like, he didn't – who cares? He wasn't going to play here. There wasn't a spot for him. So, he did what is best for him. Yeah. That's ultimately what comes down to. You do what's best for you. Right. And from what I heard, uh, Philadelphia didn't want to give uh, Gautier – I think I got that right. Pretty close. Um, the, the schedule bonuses. They didn't want to give him, like, schedule one and schedule two because they didn't want overages. Mm-hmm. Because if you earn those bonuses, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. If you earn those bonuses, you go. Oh, it, it carries over to the following year's cap, and that's why they didn't want it, they didn't want to sign him for that. Mm-hmm. And I know years ago, Lou Lamarillo, when he was with Toronto, tried to take a stand on that, and that didn't work out. The players were like, "We're not going to sign," and he caved mm-hmm. and gave him the bonuses. So I don't understand why, as a, a team that's Philadelphia is not very good, they're rebuilding sort of. Like, why wouldn't you do that? What What's Briere thinking there? But yeah, I don't know. Eric, you're always good with cap and bonuses and stuff like that. What do you think of this whole – I mean, this is also just potentially another rumor. I mean, I Yeah, don't... it could be hearsay, yeah. Yeah, but – Yeah, I mean, I, I believe it was Elliot Freeman who had been saying that. Um, so, I mean, there it very well could be that that was part of this issue, but – um, I believe Cutter Goche was on a an Anaheim Ducks podcast either today or yesterday, um, kind of talking about it a little bit. He didn't really come out and say why, 
which I mean, you know, there's nothing forcing him to do that, but I think it would also probably behoove him to get out in front of this a little bit and kind of give some sort of explanation here. But um, he said something to the effect of that over the course of his time in the Flyers organization, that there have been a couple of recurring issues that have been taking place and that those were very concerning things to him. And he kind of just came to his senses and said, I don't want to deal with that. You know, I don't want to have to deal with these things. So I don't want to, I don't want to play it, play there. Hmm. Now, again, like I said, he didn't say what those things were and that's fine. You know, there's nothing forcing him to do that, but Again, it's, you know, like what Sean said, it's kind of like the Corey Perry thing where if nothing is really said, then it's just going to open the door to all these rumors and people speculating and, oh, he hates John Tortorella and Kevin Hayes said that, you know, and none of that's true. So, yeah. He hates gritty. Like, I mean, you never know. Was this brewing for a long time? Because I felt like this came out of left field. It came out out of left field as far as the public perception of it. Yep. But apparently this dates back to last spring yeah. uh, or last That's summer um, yeah. after the world, the world championships, apparently um, that's kind of when things started to go sour. And then he refused to go to the Flyers development camp over the summer and has refused to have any communication with them in the time since. I mean, I, I, I think it could have been handled better on his end. And, Absolutely. And his oh, yeah. That's yeah. really the big takeaway for me is that I just think it was poorly handled. And, you know, the fact that it's been sort of this big hush-hush campaign, as, as Eric said, has sort of enabled all these rumors to come out. Um, and, you know, as far as reporter, I mean, I don't know if he has an axe to grind or if he had a bad experience with, you know, somebody, but or he's just got a poor source, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, that was just awful what he did with Kevin involving Kevin Hayes and his family. So, yeah, I just, this, yeah, this is something I I hope, you know, I don't, we don't, we don't know what happened, Um, you know, and we hope that it wasn't something like super offensive or anything, you know, but if it was something that was kind of where the flyers were very confused, this is something that could follow, you know, a cutter for a while. And it will. And it, and it will, and it will. And, and I, and I don't think, Danny Briere's comments on it uh, helped Cutter Gauthier and how he looks to Philadelphia fans because I mean Danny Briere did a very nice job. I mean he he came out and said we we this has been going on for a while. We chose not to talk about it because we wanted to protect this kid mm-hmm. because he's a young kid and we didn't want a smear campaign out against him, which well, is completely also, the right thing to do. I mean I don't. I think that's that's the right that's the right thing to do, and then and then Danny Breer does the next best thing for his hockey club, which is get a really good return and move the kid. That's what I was going to say too. I mean, you don't want to put that out there because then the kid's value just drops like a like a rock, you know? Right, hundred percent. So he had to go behind the scenes and work at it. And um, you know, the other thing that a lot of people now that the big speculation is is that you know, Anaheim is just stockpiling talented forwards and, and people are wondering, and he just got, he just got injured as well, which is too bad. Trevor's egress is going to be out for about six to eight weeks too. But now there are rumors that the, the idea was to get Gauthier and maybe move Zegras. Um, which is possible. I don't know. I, I, the jury's out on Zegras, I think as a player, I don't, you know, I mean, he's, he's great for a Michigan goal and he's great for some highlights, but I mean, I, I mean, as far as, you know, tangible hockey stuff that you need in the NHL. I don't, they've got a bunch of those guys. So mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's someone that they consider expendable for a different style of hockey player. I saw something, this is kind of, you know, make of it what you will, but it was just an interesting comparison um, that I saw someone make the other day saying that Trevor Zegers is the hockey version of Justin Fields. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's tough. Which, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of true. I mean, there's some validity there. You know, a polarizing player, do you like their playing style? Do you not? Do you believe that that can be successful or not? Um, but yeah, you know, I, I was listening to NHL Network Radio today, actually, and I forget who it was. Um, some insider was on, and, and they were saying that they thought the, the Zegers trade speculation would probably be more so an off-season thing yeah. than an in-season thing. And that's I mean, exactly especially right. now. 
with right. his injury, yeah. obviously yeah. true. That's, I was just talking to somebody the other day about that, and I said I think it's an offseason thing when they have more teams that would possibly consider him. Um, but as far as his upside goes, what I from what I've seen of him in the NHL, I think right now it's middle six kind of center. I don't see him right now as a number one guy, and he could end up that way, but right now I'm seeing kind of more middle six-ish. Or a winger. Yeah. Yeah. And Darren Dreger said that he was joking around, but he said the Habs should be in on him, I believe is what he said. And Montreal should be the one making a real push for him in the offseason. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's interesting. I don't, you know, I think Mason McTavish is a much better value prospect right now than Trevor Zegras. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you could say that about a lot of the Ducks. So, is this their second rebuild? And like, haven't they been rebuilding for a while now? Because I, I don't know. I mean, they, I mean, they were they were a game away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2015. Yeah, um, you know, and then uh, you know we the Hawks, you know, they were a game away and they had two games to spare. They were up three two. Yeah, um, on the Hawks and the Hawks came and they just they, you know, kept on. I think they had some decent years. So I guess. I don't know if you can do two rebuilds during that time, but um, maybe. I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, that was, it's crazy. That was ten hockey seasons ago. Nine years and ten hockey seasons ago. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, Sabers have like done it. that. So Sabers, yeah, true. So, you can, <laughs> so you, you you can definitely do that. Um, you know, I want to I want to I want to stay with the NHL here for a few more minutes, and then we're going to talk about some international hockey and something that came up today, but. Um, I'd like to, if we can right now, talk about real cup contenders. And each one of you, let's pick one team in the West and one team in the East who you think are going to meet in the Stanley Cup Finals. Take your time. I can go first. What's crazy to think about is the dumpster fire of the two organizations, the Vancouver Canucks and the Winnipeg Jets were this time last season. And where they are right now and how quick things can all change. I mean, those those two teams are leading the West. Uh, yeah. which, which is crazy. The Blackhawks are playing the Jets right now. Anyone know the score? It was nothing, nothing. Scoreless after one. Perfect. So yeah. the Hawks are winning. Um, that's the perfect – that's the closest <laughs> That's the closest they'll get to a win tonight. Um, and Mrazica got the start again tonight. No solid one. But the, the two best teams in the NHL right now are the Jets and the Canucks. <laughs> uh, that's crazy to think about um, yep. considering what happened last year. So is anyone ready? Since I put you on the spot, I'd, I'd be happy to go first. But if anyone's ready, I'm not. Do we, Bart, have, to pick, do we have to pick different teams? No. Okay. Why not? Let's have some fun with it. So San Jose is eliminated. <laughs> I think they might. <laughs> Chicago could be too. Automatically, we don't know. Yeah. I'll throw out a couple. Um, one team that has been very impressive of late um, – and obviously has the the playoff pedigree at this point uh, out of the East would be the Florida Panthers. And I think yep. they've yeah, looked they're really, very they've good. They've won eight, eight in a row. And yep. uh, Matthew Kachuk is finally starting to, to put things together offensively again. So obviously that's very encouraging for them. Yep. Um, you know, So I would say they have right now about as good of a shot as anybody coming out of the East. Yep. Um, for the West, I don't know. Part of me still feels like, this could be Dallas's year. You know, they just yeah. play that style of game where they can, they can beat you so many different ways. I mean, it's almost like how the Hawks were at their peak, you know, right. where any way you want to play the game, they can do it and they can do it better than you can. Yeah. Um, but I still, I don't know. I, I am a, a golden Knights fan at heart too. So, you know, they're the reigning champs and they still have the vast majority of that roster back again this year. So, um, you know, they're the champs until, so someone knocks him off, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still feel like if, uh, I mean, really right now, it seems like Jake Ottinger is really the only thing not going well for the stars. So, I mean, if he can figure that out, right. Ooh, that's a scary team. Yeah. That's okay. So you like Dallas and Florida. That's what I'll go with. Batman's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I think Arizona would be his, his dream. I'll go. Um, I'll throw out the Colorado Avalanche. Um, okay. News came out today that Gabriel Landeskog is going to start skating. That's great. Uh, that's awesome. So that's, yeah. And there's a possibility he could. 
be back for the playoffs at some yeah. point. So even even if he like doesn't have like he's not the same player he was, I think that'll give them like the emotional lift. Getting yeah, them- that's that's outstanding news because he's really he's something else. He's a hell of a yeah. player, and you know he hasn't played in eighteen months. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Colorado out of the the West. Yeah, um, I mean they're just a really good team. Well, I just, the one. central. I think the central's tough. I mean, five points separate the three top teams in the central right now. Yeah, Winnipeg, Vancouver, yeah, Dallas. Yes. They're just crazy. Yeah. So you like Colorado? Who do you like? like Colorado, and then I will go with. See, it's tough in the East because I don't know. I'll just go with the New York Rangers. I'll just throw the Rangers out there. Nice. Why not? Because you know I, I'm going to steal one of Bardo's teams. I know Bardo was probably going to pick the Rangers. Even I was not. Really I actually them. am not. I was not going to pick the Rangers. I, I have my team. Doing that. I have my team, and I'll tell you exactly why. All right. So okay, my, go ahead, Bardo. My, my East team actually is Boston, and I'll tell you why. Because Woo, he's going for it. And I'll, I'll tell you why. We've seen in the past teams that win the President's Trophy and just – Get absolutely like embarrassed in the first round, and then they Vancouver, just I believe, was one of them. Vancouver Tampa. was one. Tampa Bay was one. Remember, they lost to Columbus and came back and and won the cup. So they, they went back to back, I think. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Boston to me is going to be sort of flying under the radar because even if they win the division, I, I think expectations are going to be kind of low for them. But I could see them the way they play. I could see them making a run. I mean, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And and we also, here's the other thing about Boston. We know they're going to be aggressive at the deadline. Yep. Are they going to have the stones to trade one of their goalies? Yes. That's because I, I, that might be the only way that they could get what they need. Yeah, I think they will. I think they could trade them out West. They have have no young bargaining chips. Yeah. No, and I think that's fine. I think it's a matter of just getting like cheap help. Yeah, they just seem like they're. They feel like they. I like that take. I just they just seem like that they're missing something. They really do, and I don't. But what's interesting is that the other team that I was going to say, which um, which Shawnee just said, was Colorado, because I think they're a team that's missing something, and I think you know they're the they're another team that I think is going to be very aggressive at the deadline. I think they're going to address you know the center position. I think they're going to address the bottom six. I, I think that I think they're going to be very very aggressive at the yeah. deadline, and I think they're going to go for it too. Yeah, I, I think Boston is also it's dependent on their first round matchup. You know, I mean, if they if they get the New York Islanders, even though the New York Islanders beat them a couple of years ago, I think they take care of that. I yep. think they win that series. If they get Tampa Bay, flip a coin. Yeah, um, and then I and I think who knows if the if the New Jersey Devils can get healthy and get back in this too. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay, and who who do you got out west? I mean, Colorado. I know it was already taken, but that was that's the team. And you know, I think for the it's very similar that uh, to what you said about Boston is that I feel like they're missing something. Yeah. But I think they're another team that I think is going to be aggressive at the deadline. You know, Johansson has been kind of falling off the radar. I feel like they're going to find another big time center, um, whether that's Lindholm or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think they're going to add another defenseman. So I, I think they're going to be okay. And then Latticegong, if they can get anything out of him. But uh, like you said, Sean, I think the emotional piece of it is mm-hmm. something that we can't look past. But I do think they're going to be aggressive at the uh, deadline as well. Got it. Okay. I'm uh, I'm going to go with Eric out of the West. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with Dallas. I, I like Dallas. I like their game. I know that we we DM'd about this when they were playing the Blackhawks in that very bizarre back-to-back games in Dallas about how they can beat you. And they, they just have so many different ways that they can do it. And they're winning games in all sorts of different ways. And they just kind of have all these like understudy players that, that are really, they don't really have that whole, you know, flash to them, you know? And I, I just think that, you know, players like Robertson and Sagan yeah. and their decor, I mean, they just kind of show up and they play like they mm-hmm. just, they just play hockey. Well coached. Yeah. And they do yeah. a really, really good job. I think uh our buddy Jacob, how, how you doing, pal? He likes Colorado uh coming out of the West. Good take. Good take. Um as far as the East, my heart 
wants to say Carolina. I'm always, I always see Carolina as like this team that's just like lying around in the weeds. And then all of a sudden they turn it on a little bit. Um, I would love if they could find that extra gear and do it. I think the East is really up for grabs. And this is totally insane what I'm about to say. But the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be uh, in the stadium. Whoa. Uh, they have their contract stuff behind them for at least a little while. And I'm going, I am going Leafs to the finals. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. Just because I don't want to pick anyone else because it's a controversial pick and I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, one, thing, have... on Car- one thing on Carolina, by yeah. the way, is uh, uh, Kochetkov, the goalie, just um, left the game injured and yeah. Ronta's in net. Blackhawks legend. Yeah. Yep. Wolves legend. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna eat that at some point. Uh, you know, I don't know why I picked. I'm them. with you because I feel like they look so good all the time, and they're so well coached, and they just find a way to screw it up. Yeah, well, I think I think I think Jeff was writing in. I think Gate, hi Gate. I think he was writing in about Rod the Bod and uh, Carolina, um, who are also very well coached. So, but I the I think the East is the I don't know, I don't know. I do think the West is going to win the cup again. I do. Um, who knows? It's up for grabs. Um, Don't look now, but my original Stanley Cup pick, the Seattle Kraken, have won seven in a row. They're still terrible, but they've won seven in a row. I can't even. I, I don't even remember what my original pick was. I think it was, was Dallas. I can't remember what my mine other. Mine was Seattle. Four, I think it was I Dallas think. and Carolina, but I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, the Florida Panthers. I mean, they're two points away from taking over first place. All of a sudden, they just turn it on. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and that's it to that point, Jeff. On cue, Jeff, is it Florida's year? It might be. It might be. They need to figure out what to do with Nick Cousins, though. Boy, that was fun listening to Kevin Bieksa take off on him. <laughs> uh, man, Nick Cousins does not play a very clean hockey game. Um, before we close up tonight, uh, we want to talk about something that happened on the international stage in hockey that was just announced uh, a few hours ago that the uh, – IIHF, the International Ice Hockey Federation, announced that for the World Championships this summer that Team Israel is no longer invited to participate. And um, for reasons being the safety of their players and the safety of others, I believe. I I don't know. I haven't seen the actual statement. I've just seen a few tweets about it. Uh, Bardo, is that correct that that that? that they just basically said you're not invited because it's not safe for you or anyone else if you're here. Yeah, the the statement basically said, and I'll read this from from the hockey news that the, the uh, that it's council the IHF released a statement that it's council decided to quote restrict the Israeli national team from participating in IIHF championships until the safety and well-being of all participants including Israeli participants can be assured. The governing body of the International Ice Hockey added uh, it has a duty to protect all its participants at IHF competitions and made this decision after discussions with other participating countries, tournament hosts, and risk assessment. So the issue here is that restrict sounds like kind of, that's sort of implying a little bit of pushing away because quite frankly, did they talk to the Israeli, you know, ice hockey team and and their leadership? Yeah. Go on, go on anywhere. Well, no, I just say, what was that one comment you said that they, what, what did they say that they were obligated to do? It was their duty or responsibility. What was the term that they used? It, it was to protect all participants at IIHF competitions. Yeah. That's a joke to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, but what, was, what is your responsibility? Be a bunch of assholes? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it just, you well, know. I, how many how many years have they allowed Russia to play with te- with players that have been on KHL teams that are funded by like Russian mobsters? Like I don't I mean is, is Israeli like, is Israeli hockey appealing this decision? Does anyone know? They're they're I'm actually suing. I think they're suing is what what the latest Great. that was good. Uh, okay, so then clearly they had no say in this yep, whatsoever. Exactly, that's they why. had no choice in the matter. They were not consulted on this. They didn't no. contact the international ice hockey federation and say hey we're worried about the safety of our players this was a unbelievable anti-semitic decision 
Yes. I mean, is, Israel has been an international target in, in these types of sporting events going back to 1972 and then. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Munich. Of course. Yeah, so go, I... go back to that. So why now? And, you know, and it's like, quite frankly, after 9-11, you know, did, did the IHF ban the U.S. because they were a target? And they what about the concerned. what about the Iraq War? Was the USA banned when when the USA yeah. invaded Iraq or Afghanistan? Like, this is really way brain. more to this than security really concerns. Is, I'm yeah. sorry, but really poor judgment. Yeah, that yeah, the, it, Israel, like you said, was not was not even consulted in this because obviously they're suing now. So right, and um, I read I read one part. I mean, what they don't they have some preliminary games in some second tier division or something of that and is that what they're being told they cannot participate in that i didn't see but okay. i also can tell you is that if you look at the other countries that are participating in this division two um level tournament in the um uh, in belarus in the spring there's other countries in there that are probably more you know targets or basically are security threat let's call them than others I'm not going to name names but you know, you could do the math and, and figure that out. So, so it, wow. it's a total disgrace. Oh, yeah, it's, it's terrible. That's just terrible. I mean, I don't, I, and I'm so sick of stuff like this coming up. And then all you hear is that phrase hockey is for everyone. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Shout out to, shout out to Colby Cohen for retweeting this and putting yep. his opinions out there. Yeah. Um, not a huge Colby Cohen guy, but it's on his takes, but this was, he had the right take on this one. I agree yeah, with him absolutely. on that one. Yeah. That so, is just, what a shame. Why why is it that international organizations just can't like FIFA was it is it the Olympic yeah, Committee, the yeah. World Cup? Like they all can't get it right. They're all like, corrupt organizations. They're run by a lot of guys, uh men, quite frankly, who are very old school, who are kind of set in their ways. And that's and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, they get yeah. paid money. It's they they don't read the room. They they you know they listen to the wrong people. That that's what it comes down to. It's yeah, it's really yeah. let's 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 call a spade a spade here. So yeah. this is this is pretty disappointing. Yeah. And um yeah. what a shame. I mean, you think that you know there's obviously a lot going on with a conflict right now with Israel and Palestine, but but the one thing that you know, I think that a lot of folks that are impacted by this take solace in is being able to participate in sports yeah, and, yeah. And, to, and to just say, no, you're not welcome to do that is, uh, is really wrong. I don't, I don't really know what else to say. Sports is supposed to be, you know, fun entertainment. It's supposed to be, you know, a breakaway from regular life. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's drama. The, it's, it's like, it's, I know it brings this people together. Way. It's kind of the, you know, the, it's the, it's the unified global hockey language. Canada. Yeah. 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 Gates at hockey. Yeah. The hockey Olympics models, the Olympics motto is bigger or it's like bigger, faster, stronger or something like yeah, that's the point. Just, just to be, you know, like to compete against the best in the world and show that and right. the camaraderie and the unity, like all that stuff. Like when North and South Korea, came together to play as one team in hockey in yeah. the Olympics. Like that's, that's what international competition is supposed to be about. Well, and I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, it's just wrong to, to gate to Gates point with uh, referencing hockey, Canada folks, you know, hockey, Canada and their world junior teams in past years, the number of accusations around sexual misconduct um, have been well documented. I don't see any scenario where someone's going to say Canada can't play in a tournament. Nope. Yeah. And that's action of players. Um, you know, I don't. And I don't think we ever got a resolution to what that investigation yielded. No, no. It's, um, I think it's still ongoing. I, I know that we're talking about the team. I think it was the 2018 team. I don't think that that, that With investigation. With Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. On right. I don't think that that has come to a resolution or a conclusion. I forgot the name of the. I think his last name is Wellstat. He's the the columnist that has been following that. And if he's a pretty David Wellstat, I believe is his name. Yeah, sound right. He's he covets this quite well. Um, I think Rick Westhead too. Rick Westhead. Sorry, yeah, he's David Wellstat. No. <laughs> Who's David? Sorry, Wellstatt? that and you just you know I was giving you osmosis there. That's all that was. Appreciate it. No, but Rick Westhead Westhead does really. Too. Oh, and then you left. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. yeah. nice mic drop. Oh. <laughs> Um, 
So anyway, uh, the International Ice Hockey Federation, shame on you. Yeah. And that's the stance uh, from the rink. And I, I hope that whatever actions are taking place, uh, you know, from uh, Israeli hockey, uh, that justice is served in that they're allowed to participate and they're allowed to play. So um, any other closing thoughts, gentlemen, tonight on what has been a very fun hour seeing you all and chatting up Hawks and some hockey? Shout out to the Lake Forest women's college hockey team. I had the pleasure of uh, sitting in front of them at a Hawks game the other night. They're an exceptional bunch of ladies and uh, wish them the best on the rest of their season. They're nine and seven right now. Go Foresters. Go, Go Foresters. Hey, you get you got a former Lake Forest College employee right here, man. Hey, I uh, my wife's uh, Lake Midwest Forest College alum. Yeah, <laughs> Midwest Conference. Uh, they're in oh. for all the sports. I was Monmouth College. Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. Any other shout outs, guys, or tidbits, things that hockey fans or Hawks fans? Mark Shifley out for the rest of the game, lower body injury. Oh, no. That ain't good. More injuries in this league. Jeez. Yeah, there's really, it seems. Connor know. McDavid is very upset with replay. He doesn't like that it takes too long. So that was, that was pretty. Uh, that was all the quarterbacks cool. went down. Now the NHL's like, here, hold my beer. So <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thanks so much for joining us tonight. And uh, we will be back with more frequency now that uh, most of our guys here at the rink are off the IR. And um, go Hawks. Let's hope for a speedy recovery for Connor Bedard and that he is still in the Calder race and rightly so. And uh, we'll be back with more topics, whether they are Blackhawks related or NHL related in due time. And be Minnesota nice to everybody. Be Minnesota nice, folks. Especially you, Eric. I'll try. <laughs> Don't go to the XL Energy Center. They broke pop one. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. We'll take care, folks. Uh, have a good night and go hack.